Hi, it's Mike here from the Cook Cartel, and you're listening to Barbecue Base. Welcome to Barbecue Base, the podcast for those that love a little low and slow in their lives. A wise man once said, he who controls the ears controls the mind. So kick back, grab something wet, something smoky and relax for another week's worth of barbecue goodness. I'm your host, Alex Lawson, captain of the Beginnings Barbecue Team. And I'm joined as ever by my trusty (laughs) co-host. A man that many question his real identity. Is he really just a mild-mannered recruitment consultant? Or the barbecue superhero that answers every call when people are in need? I'm going with the latter. It's Barbecue Jesus himself, Noel Haspeladakis. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, good, good. It's been a, it's been a good week. It's been Hectic a busy week. Yeah. Very busy week, which we'll talk about in a minute. And um, look, on this show, we've got a double treat for you all here. Um, a little later on, we're going to dive into a chat we had with Malcolm Pearson, who's CFO for Heat Beads, which I think is pretty safe to say that it's many of your favourite charcoal brand out there. And if you've ever wondered about charcoal, where it comes from, what goes in it, stay tuned. This is the one for you. Um, it's a great chat, and they are an incredibly passionate uh, company for our favourite pastime and some would say sport so um, it's a it's a really good chat and we'll bring that to you a little bit later but when we have those ones that we you know talked to earlier in the week gives us opportunity to bring some other people into the studio into in behind the kimono to see how things happen here so we've got one of our favourite people the wonderful Philippa Stiebel PJ to her friends Philippa Stiebel to us from Joint Smokers Barbecue Team. Um, and they are one of those teams that um, here in New Zealand, they're always in the running. They're chalking up calls in every comp. And look, I think it's fair to say they're probably the best sartorial team on the circuit. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can, you can't miss them. They've got great pink gear at the moment and a brand new uh, gazebo that you can't miss from a mile away. I've and seen that actually. Yeah, yeah, the new gazebo and the shirts. They've got amazing shirt, best shirts great in shirts. the entire competition scene. <laughs> Still haven't Seems got fine. one. Yeah, we've not got one. So PJ, welcome to Barbecue Base. Thanks for having me guys. It's awesome to be here and um, uh, yeah, come and have a chat. Yeah, and PJ's going to be uh, joining us a little bit later on for the 10 burning questions which i know she's super excited about yeah super exciting about now we said it's been a busy old week um busy couple of weeks really uh so no what have you been up to oh mate um so i was at the cully's um smoke and spice festival on the weekend so it was the first uh i guess cully's first run at this event um i guess taste of auckland has been cancelled this year and i think forevermore so there's a gap in the market for another sort of foodie type festival. So Mr. Cully's uh, got that going. And um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be invited to do a masterclass there, which was awesome. So yeah, I had 32 people to that. But the um, yeah, the actual festival itself was amazing, right? So it was all the sort of who's who of barbecue had turned up. You know, Brendan came up from Hawke's Bay and, you know, Ken was down from uh, from Bay of Islands and, 
yeah, all the Ram and Q guys were there. So I guess really good representation from New Zealand products um, there, which you could buy on site. Um, we had Jeff Pup from Carrara, and he was selling the Carrara Ebony and the Kilcoy products on a stand, and, and they just flew out the door. Such amazing product. Um, we had Dave King up from Nelson. Um, he was cooking some tomahawks over so in the corner there. Dave King is uh, under the hood barbecue. He's under right, the hood, it? yeah. Yes. I mean, obviously, he's fairly prominent on Insta and, you know, all over social media. But, yeah, mm. he'd come down with, uh, I think it was Avon's Butchery. And uh, they supplied all the tomahawks. So he was cooking and selling those. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, mate, it was a great, it was a great festival, you know. Um, I didn't really get to drink much beer or eat much food you know if you cook 65 kilos of meat you don't generally eat it so um but yeah no it was awesome like great atmosphere and uh, I, w- I was, it was a bit of a shame i had to shoot off and do a catering gig as well so i catered a wedding on the same day so i kind of missed the back end of it and turned up right at the end to pack out but um look all in all really really good day and they had a lot of do they have uh, speakers and other yeah people i there? mean there was there was chili eating comps there was a bit of music i mean it was just yeah it was full on there seemed to be something going on in every corner of it you know so actually i did see a post from somebody who's relatively uh, active in the new zealand barbecue alliance pages um, mike foster atkins I believe yeah. um, he won a pack of hot sauces for managing to eat yeah. nine jalapeno chilies in three and a half minutes, which Correct. is probably pretty um, impressive when you just keep going at that level <laughs> and that number. I, yeah. I'm sure one I could handle, but nine I'm yeah. pretty much sure I'd be in a fair amount of pain. So I, um, I happened to pop down just after he'd finished them and the eyes were pretty red. Uh, he was in a bit of trouble, that's for sure. He definitely shoveled them down and wanted to win that comp. Um, but yeah, he was in a bit of trouble, and I spoke to him today. It's like, well done. You know, I, I know I'm outside of barbecue anyway, but um, yeah, good on you, Mike, for winning that. It was a pretty big achievement, mate. I don't think I could do nine jalapenos. So, you know, they're not the hottest, but it's just the sheer volume in three and a half minutes would have been hard. So, well done. Exactly. Now, talking of uh, chili eating, something we were talking about earlier before we started tonight, and something I've been, <laughs> I've been telling people and showing people all week because I've been watching it with my son. Is there's a new new show on Netflix? So if you've got Netflix, get along and look up. Uh, we are the champions. If you like, if you like your sports and your pastimes a little bizarre, and nice. let's face it, mm. you're listening to this, so you probably do. <laughs> It's a series, I think there's six episodes, they're about 30 minutes each, so they're not, you know, you don't take a lot of time to watch. The first one is about, is a very English uh, pastime of cheese rolling down a very steep hill with a lot of idiots running after it, Uh, and broken bones are plenty. And people die doing that every year. I don't think anyone's uh, died, is but they've definitely it, broken bones. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't think they've died. There's a lot of injuries. Legs though, in the yeah, wrong yeah, direction. Yeah. And, yeah. There's a lot of injuries. I wouldn't want one of those cheese balls hitting me, to be fair. No, they're no. quite heavy. And they go big... about, apparently they go 80 miles an hour down the yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah. So the crowd has That's to watch out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the second one of those is what you guys are all going to want to watch. Because it's a world, chili world champion chili eating competition put on by... Uh, a guy which some of you might know and he, he is called uh, Smoking Ed Curry mm. and he is the original breeder of the Carolina Reaper so that's his yeah. that's his go-to chili and yeah normally that's the last chili they give you in a chili eating <clears throat> competition right you start at the mild peppers and you build up to the reaper because the reaper's the world's hottest chili according to Guinness World Records well, not serious, Ed. So um, he uh, 
he brought together the best of the best from around the world. There's uh, people from Australia, the UK, um, America. They're from all over the place. And so 12 rounds of chili eating, which he starts with, I think it is a jalapeno, but he's bred it crossed with a reaper. So it's like a reaper pino kind of thing. So it's... Already, instead of being like a hundred thousand or thirty, I think it's meant to be like thirty thousand scovels or anything. Yeah, normally or something, it's in the, right? in it's, the sort of five figures. Yeah, it's yeah, not. It's not too bad. bad. This one's three hundred thousand scoville units yeah. for round one. It's Kick one. in the face straight yeah. up. Yeah, round yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, literally, a dude pukes up on round yeah. one or round two. Round yeah. two, he pukes. Oh. Round six is the <laughs> reaper. Halfway. <laughs> Six of 12, and every chili after that, he's basically taking the chilies they've already gone through, like the scorpion, the torfuga, or whatever that one's called, and he's bloody bred all of those with Reaper again. So they're all like insane. Like, and so then hybrids, the, hybrids of everything. And, yeah. 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 And then the very last chili. So Reaper is 1.6 million Scoville units. That's the official Reaper measurement. Yeah. Measurement, right? The final one, which he calls the. It's like the double reaper or whatever. He's reaper basically X. Yeah, he's yeah. and it look it's a horrible looking thing. It looks like it's got warts all over it and gnarly little thing. Oh, yeah. it's gnarly as hell. Two point six million units. Yeah. And um, and there are still I'm not, I don't want to ruin it, but there are still people after they have to go into extra rounds. Because <laughs> there are still one. people sitting Jesus. there. And they're it, so if you like watching people in pain, and I like watching people in pain. <laughs> This is the show for you, so I suggest you get out and watch it. I, I think the weirdest it. thing about it is they do it for $1,000. That's the price. That's crazy, isn't it? The it's, absolute yeah. agony for 1000 bucks. Yeah. It's, I guess they get flown around the world and all that kind of stuff at the end of it. But hey, It's just like barbecue competitions, isn't it? You know? We're not <laughs> yeah, doing it for the money, sure. we're yeah, doing it for the, the fame and the glory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just on that, the Reaper X, I think that has actually gone off to the Guinness World of Records to be yeah. properly measured, but... Um, his stats, I believe, he's quite in three point as high as three point two million Scovilles. So, yeah, double. And and he's obviously made that last dab sauce, which is, I don't know if you know, but it's got standard pepper X, chocolate pepper X hybrid, and peach pepper X hybrid. So that th- just those three chilies make up that sauce. That's so pretty punchy. Now a little a little sneak and peek into the future. We may we may or we may not have a bottle of the last dab triple X. <laughs> And we might bust that out towards mm. the end of the year on some special friends. Yeah. So keep keep uh, keep subscribed for 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 that one and to see how that goes uh, in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, so you were at the the Smoke and Spice Festival. You did a catering gig on the same day, did, which is yeah. slightly insane as well. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just worked out like that. I mean, it was a, a fairly small wedding to be honest, so not a huge amount of meat. It was just a couple of briskets and a couple of pork butts, but. Um, the pressure of a catering gig for a wedding is completely different to the pressure of a class or a, a comp, you know, because you've got one very special day and you don't want it to be the wedding that everyone remembers for shit food. Mm. So I was shitting myself, quite frankly, you know, but thankfully it all it all came through. So, yeah, no, mate, as I say, about 65 kilos of meat cooked, you know, for that weekend. So it was pretty cool. I mean, I loved cooking all that. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. And, um... And you had your hands on some hogget before that, didn't you? Yeah. Which, uh... Well, I mean, 
I've yeah, I've got a couple of sources for Hoggett, but I hear that it's quite hard to come by nowadays. And so, Hoggett, um, Hoggett, for anybody who doesn't know, is a, a lamb that has made it through the full year, basically. So that's a year old lamb. Yeah, between a year and a year and a half, just a bit bigger, a bit more fat, um, bigger cuts really. The chops are noticeably bigger. Um, but yeah, so I've got a friend Ben Donaldson who's in the Canterbury Pitmaster page. But um, after my last class in Christchurch, he was like, "Come over, let's do a barbecue after your class," which is obviously what the first thing you want to do after you've done a class. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to have butchered it with him as well. So it was my first sort of full animal that I butchered, yes. and um, we took up took off some really good prime cuts, which I brought back with me. So I had a whole chili bag full of prime cuts, and um, yeah, cooked up. A whole heap, mate. Um, you know, it was uh, what did I do? I did. I, we, we cut some tomahawks, so we basically took the shoulder chops out and, and kept them as tomahawks with the long bones. Um, I did a slow cooked shoulder. Um, did lots of loin chops. Um, the loin chops were really sort of practice for the kiddie comp and the SCA coming up. You know, so we cut those in a very similar fashion. But yeah, pretty amazing. But I understand hard to come by. And I was talking to actually Ruben the other day, saying, well, why don't we get more hogget? And apparently you can late in the season. There are some sort of late kill lambs which are more hogget. So, um, yeah, just look out for it. I mean, I just found the flavour to be completely different to a lamb. I much think, more flavour, you know, much more fat. It was just great meat. It's amazing meat. We used to, I used to live up north and we used to have sheep that mm. we would raise. And we, because a lamb, you officially, normally you kill lambs about three, four months old. That's for the spring lamb. Um, and I was a bit, a, a bit soft, and I didn't really want to do that because they were still quite cute at that age. And I was like, oh, I can't do that. That's that's horrendous. Um, so being the gentleman farmer, I was like, oh, we'll leave it until a year. Um, Give it a bit of a life. Yeah, well, they're, they're stupid and nasty by the time they're a year old, so you don't feel as bad. Well, they're, they're a full-size sheep, almost. Like, oh, so nearly full-size. Yeah. Um, but the, the flavour is amazing, so they're excellent. But um, they are the sort of thing, I think, you just need to know somebody who raises or has a connection to get them because they are difficult because normally you'd um you know you're trying to harvest the meat as soon as you can from a yeah. commercial point of view so yeah. and most people want the lamb at yeah. that three to four months because it's the tenderest yeah. and all that kind of stuff one, one of the fundamental differences i found was the how hard the bones were so you know with a lamb you can pretty much push a knife through everything whereas the hogget you had to get the sort yeah. of hacksaw out and get into it you know but um yeah, I was fortunate enough. He had um, hogget. He had so he had hogget, two tooth, and four tooth. So four tooth is basically mutton. Mm. Um, and I was quite surprised at how different the sizes were. I mean, the mutton is absolutely massive, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd quite like to get hold of some mutton because I think the uh, the shoulders would be pretty awesome to low very, and slow. So that's very probably underrated. the next on the hit list, I think, is to get hold of some of that. So yeah, and I had a lot of fun cooking that, mate. Well, that was great, and. Um... Well, I don't, I don't know, really know if we should follow this, follow from a sheep to this, but our good friend, Ken Van Mackelberg, oh. uh, has had another little victory this week. So, um, His beard looks a bit like a sheep now. Well, that's what I, <laughs> I, I was going to say. I think that was yeah. quite a good segue. Isn't it? I, didn't, I didn't really want to go there. I'm not sure if he'll take offence to it, but we'll go there. Um, so, yeah, Ken Van Mackelberg is the People's Choice Champion of the New Zealand Moustache and Beard Competition. And he picked up third overall, which was the judge part. So obviously yeah. the, the people's choice done on a sort of voting basis. So thank you to everybody who um, got on the various shares of that uh, that page and, yeah. and voted for Ken. Because I, I know it does mean a lot to him and he was very proud to get that. And he should be because it's uh, a fantabulous beard. Can I just say that the one of the guys that he was competing against was from the UK. And uh, that guy's got a 50,000 strong following on social media. Oh, that's so. amazing. 
I don't think you can underestimate the uh, the gravity of that win because Ken obviously doesn't have that in the beard circles. So it was really the whole barbecue community and his friends getting behind him to win that. So, yeah, well done, Ken. Awesome work, mate. Exactly. Excellent, excellent work. And um, look, some other excellent things that have been coming out or are coming up just to, to talk about before we go to our usual and the interview. Um, if you're interested in coming along and having a look at the smoke on the coast, uh, barbecue competition um, that is open to public. It's at Fungatiao, um Holiday Park, which is uh, for anyone in the Auckland region. It's sort of just about an hour and a bit north of Auckland, past Lee, up on the coast. So it's a beautiful spot, and there's a beach and all that kind of thing to come up for. Um, but you will need a ticket. Now the good news is tickets are free, but due to all the, um, you know, uh, the Derek Paul, who's the organiser, has been very safe, which is great. So he's just making sure that everybody who comes in has a ticket. But you can get your tickets um, from eventfinder.co.nz. So go along there, grab your tickets. You can have as many as you like um, and come up and have a look around. There's lots of stuff going on. On the Saturday, uh, you know, Noel mentioned it before, there's the Kids Q competition, which is the first in New Zealand, which is going to be awesome. Um, there's SCA going on. Um, and you know the, all the teams will be there and people were able to have a good um, chat so it's it's going to be a fun time and then on the Sunday is the NZBA so um, the the big boy barbecue is on yeah. the Sunday I think what I like about Smoke on the Coast is it is a, a smaller competition so if you guys are interested in getting up close and personal with some really good barbecue teams and just being able to have a bit of a chat um, it's a lot less hectic than meat stock or Kumi Hot Rod Show, you know, so it's quite good to sort of get close to those teams. So definitely recommend that you you come along and say hello. Exactly. And you're going to be at that one, aren't you, uh, PJ? Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be there. Um, <laughs> really looking forward to it, actually. We've got a couple of kids in the, in the crew who are going to jump into the kids' comp, so that should be awesome. heaps of fun. All the How fam- old are your kids? Um, I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old, but um, Cam's, little, Cam's boy, he's uh, just about eight or nine. He's coming along. And then um, Steve's daughter, Lily, she's competing as well. I think she's probably one of the older competitors she's 14 yeah he's um, 14 he's in it as well but so. it should be awesome fun and like taking families up to stay is cu- yeah. quite different for a comp as well having all the yep. families stay on site so that should be yeah. heaps of fun hopefully a good vibe so yeah i definitely come check it out if you want to have a chat to people it should be exactly exactly now the other end of that spectrum um if you're on the fence about maybe jumping into a competition well here's the opportunity jack daniel's cumu barbecue competition has opened it's a 50 team limit I counted up today and I think they were up getting up towards 30 teams entered. But what's really cool is there was at least 10 new teams, teams. which is mm. awesome. It's awesome. It's, the same um, it's probably our favourite comp. This will mm. be our fourth time at QMU mm. this year. And it's one of the ones we sign up for first every time. Mm. It's just a really good vibe. Yeah. Summer. It's, a, it's absolutely stonking hot. It's on, <laughs> and you've got the classic car show that goes on at the same time. So it's part of the classic car show, basically. So heaps of people it's really good vibe you can go look at the loads yeah. of stuff a lot of work to do though for this one i've got to say seven categories this year uh three on the saturday four on the sunday so on the sunday you've got your usual chicken ribs pork and um brisket which is supplied mm. as well as the ribs um and the steak which is on the saturday mm. so you know it's a $300 entry fee, but you're getting your brisket supplied, which is a big chunk of money. Uh, your ribs, which again can run you sort of 100 bucks worth of ribs for that. And um, a steak. And on the Saturday, so we've got a steak round. We have lamb and seafood, 
which uh, both actually, both you and I, PJ, did quite well in seafood last year. I yeah, believe you got second. Second in seafood, first in lamb. And we got, wow, we got awesome. fourth in seafood that year. Yeah. And I believe we got top 10 in lamb, but I might be wrong. Um, and then... So the seafood is non-GC, but the steak and the lamb are GC counting. Um, so six GC. Six GC mm. rounds. So whoever wins this is going to have had a very good, consistent cook over two days. Okay. Mm. You've got, like I said, 10 new teams. There's a prize for new teams. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, I think it's a $500 prize plus um, some prizes, some other, some actual prizes mm. for best new team. Oh, uh, uh, a new knife, um, handmade knife. Um, I yeah, can't so remember. Knees, it's Knees Custom knife. Cutlery yep. is who's providing the knives. And I've, I've had five of their knives off them recently. I just keep buying them and I've just bought another two. So pretty awesome. I'm so, also stoked to see Lamb back yes. as a comp because it hasn't yeah. it hasn't been a hasn't been category there. very much this year, yeah. and because we're not really likely to head to the states anytime mm. soon, it's nice to cook something that Kiwis are kind mm. of into. So yeah. So look, get get in there if you've been thinking about doing it. If you're a bit on the fence, this is the competition. There's going to be loads of new teams. There's good prizes for new teams. Everybody loves this comp. It's a great comp mm. to get started on. Get to iTicket.co.nz forward slash nzba. And, and get yourself in because it will get close to the 50 teams. Yeah. So, uh, And just to add to that, I mean, if you can't put a full team out, there are a couple of teams with sort of ones and twos. So do put a post if you're interested in joining a team, you know, into the group and just go along and, and help out and learn. You know, I think that I always encourage people to do that if you're looking at getting into it and you just want to sort of try before you buy. Always a good way to do it. So, yeah, chuck something up on the NZBA and see if you can get a slot on a team. Absolutely. Now, uh, finally, before we get to Cook of the Week, um, Adam Winter and the Four Sourcemen guys uh, have released oh, was... a limited edition black truffle rub, which I think most of us have got our hands on recently. And it is a top piece of culinary kit for your beef. Um, so what have you cooked with it? I cooked some short ribs on the weekend with it. Yeah. Um, and they were fantastic. Came out yeah. really, really well. I got some Wakanui short ribs from from our friend Ruben at yeah. Aussie Butcher. Um, and they were put, I, I literally, I didn't put anything out. I just wanted to see that rub on its own. And I just yeah. used that rub. It stands up else. on its own, eh? 100%. Absolutely. Really dark yeah. black color, which was great. I um, think what I like about it is it's sort of more at the foodie end of the spectrum. So you can chuck it on mac and cheese. You can chuck it on a garlic pizza. Like it's a bit more versatile than just meat. Um, so yeah, I've had fun with it. Tomahawk steaks. Um, I've done a whole brisket with it. SRF, um, mate, it's awesome. Really good rub. Really good rub. So it is currently limited edition. I did say to Adam, I was like, "You must have a ton of it." He said, "Mate, I can't even get it myself. I'm not allowed to keep any because it's <laughs> selling so fast." So make sure you grab it because it's a, it's a great, it's a great rub. But um, no, who is being anointed <laughs> with your sword? of barbecue excellence this week <laughs> for our cook of the week well um mate there's been a lot of really good cooks this week but i'm a massive fan of getting kids involved in barbecue um you know you see them pop up from time to time i think we need to see more of that to be honest and i think the kids comp might yep. spur a bit more of that on but um there's a chap called shiny knight in the nzba page and i think it's his son who had his first proper go at pork ribs um, so it looks like he's cooking, um, um, it looks like baby backs to me, but pretty awesome smoke ring, um, really decent looking ribs. I mean, they certainly look better than my first try, you know, so 
Yeah, just wanted to congratulate you, Sunshiny. Um, looks like an amazing first cook, mate, and long may that continue. Awesome. Brilliant. Good to see. Good to see the kids coming through. Right, well, um, I think now it's time for us to bring you the great chat we had with Malcolm Pearson, uh, CFO of Heatbeats. So let's get our hands a bit dusty and uh, have a listen to that. Now, one of the most regularly asked questions on the New Zealand Barbecue Alliance page, usually straight after what's the best smoker to buy as I'm starting out, is what charcoal should I buy? (laughs) And our guest today should be able to put that one to rest once and for all. We're really excited to welcome Malcolm Pearson, um, finance manager and CFO. Uh, Well, I think officially it's Ozchar, isn't it? But um, everybody will probably know much better over here if we just say the words heat beads and uh, people will know exactly where you're from straight away. Um, And look, we we really wanted to get into charcoal a bit and we do love it over here and we we love it uh, in most of our daily lives. And we thought you're probably the best person to unlock all the secrets of briquettes, lump, <laughs> and all those good things that help keep our pitch rolling. So, Malcolm, welcome to Barbecue Base. Thanks for making the time to come on. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate that. Um, so the answer to your question is is very quickly heat bead. So um, it's been uh, nice talking to you, and uh, <laughs> away we go. <laughs> well, we might we might dig in a little bit more than that. <laughs> I'm sure you'd like you'd like that to be it. Um, so look, charcoal manufacture. Uh, it's not exactly a subject taught at school. It's not. It's not a usual career path, is it, for for somebody to get into the charcoal business? So, I think let's start with how did you end up in in the heat beads world or the charcoal world, even? Oh, um, just purely by accident. So I had no um, prior interest in um, in solid fuel cooking or barbecuing. I sort of did the the backyard barbies. Um, and that was about it. So um, I'm an accountant by by trade, uh, always been in industry, and um, I was just looking for a bit of a change. I was in a big um, multinational company and sort of a bit sick of that. So I was looking for something a bit smaller and uh, where I could sort of get my hands in a whole heap of different things. And um, this opportunity came up, and I really, at, at the time I joined, I knew nothing about um, charcoal or briquettes or how they're made so um, it was a bit of a, a learning curve um, I've always been interested in cooking so I'm, um, I love eating that's number one so <laughs> so my love of my love of eating um, lends itself to um, to a love of cooking as well so um, I've always had that interest and being in the um, the barbecue space sort of uh, enabled me to go into um, the barbecue side and, and explore that a little bit more. Um, if I can give you a bit of history about about um, so the a company Heat Beads um, is is our brand and it's one of those iconic brands. So if anyone talks about a a briquette um, charcoal briquette, they'll usually call it a Heat Bead. Certainly in Australia, um, hopefully in New Zealand as well. Um, so we, I think we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. <laughs> so we're we're a, a generic term, which is great, um, great for our brand. Um, we are absolutely passionate about our brand and what it stands for. So um, uh, I've been at um, been with Heatbeats for over thirteen years. I love the place. Um, you know, we 
we sleep, eat and breathe briquettes and charcoal and and cooking. So um, uh, absolutely passionate about it. Um, a bit of history. Um, so the, uh, the company is called Australian Char Proprietary Limited. Now, the char bit is really... Um, Sort of where it all stems from. So this is getting back to your question about what a what a briquette's made from. So um, Australian Char uh, was a company bought by our current owner back in 1984, and um, primarily it was taking um, uh, brown coal and um, uh, carbonising it. So much the same as you carbonise wood to make charcoal. You carbonise brown coal um, to make what we call char. Essentially, we weren't a barbecue business. We were a an industrial business. So that char was used for industrial operations, um, steel manufacturers and that sort of stuff. And uh, we just happened to also use some of it for um, for barbecue fuel. So uh, in 19, I think, 88, I might get the dates wrong, but around about then, um, the owner of the company saw the opportunity to buy the Heatbeads brand from a company called Willow. So Willow had been operating with Heatbeads since 1970, hence this is our 50 years of Heatbeads we're celebrating this year. Half century. That's a, that's a good inning so far. Very exciting for us. Unfortunately, we've spent most of um, <laughs> most of our half-century year in lockdown, so we, we haven't <laughs> had a great opportunity to sort of celebrate. We've been doing lots of barbecuing, but um, we've all been sort of doing it in isolation and sharing it on, um, on our various groups and things. So that's about all we've been able to do, but gradually we're getting out <laughs> and hopefully we can spend a bit more time uh, on the celebrations. Um, so essentially, um, since taking over uh, the Heatbeads brand, the company's just sort of grown from strength to strength. Um, so at the moment, our original Heatbeads barbecue briquette is a mixture of uh, wood charcoal and mineral carbon. So, um, and then, you know, people, we get lots of comments on our media sites saying, you know, it's, it's full of chemicals and all this sort of stuff. So the only other things that are added are some um, some food grade starch, um, and so that's to bind it, the briquette together, and a bit of salt, which helps in the, the burning process, and a bit of sand as well, um, and limited amount. Although all everything in it is is totally natural, so there's no you know nasty chemicals and things like that. So um, I'm cook on it, you know, pretty much every second day um i love it um so um hopefully that sort of uh, and and if you want to go to the heatbeads website you know all the details are there it's no secret um probably the only secret at the moment we had to we had to change some of our mineral carbon sources because uh the nice australian government shut down the chuck the um brown coal briquetting factory and uh, so we no, right. we no longer manufacture char. We have to find sort of other sources, but that's our that's our Colonel Sanders secret recipe. So um, I can't tell you. We've spent like ten years uh, sourcing um, different carbon sources to make sure that our quality stays the same, and that's been a real um, a real challenge for us. And we we think we've done a pretty good job in in making sure the quality of the heat beads briquette. Is, is still as good as ever um yeah I, I mean i think i think that's that that's obvious to anyone who's ever opened a bag that you know it's 
you might get one that's broken and that's about it. There'll be like two halves in there, we, maybe. We hate fines. Um, but we hate fines. Yeah. We hate, I mean, all, all the snake guys out there who are building their snakes and grab one brickhead after the other. Uh, we know, we know, we we try and, and make sure that we get no broken brickheads in the bag. We know we know who's using our product. We uh, we feel for you if, you know, someone's, it can happen in transport. It can it can happen at various stages. So unfortunately, it does happen. But we hate it. We really hate it. So we. That's <laughs> it's great to hear because um and and then I guess you know the on the other side outside of the briquettes when you look at the lump like you guys have really good bits of lump right you're yeah. not you certainly never open a bag of heat beads lump and find you know a load of crushed bits and pieces what's what goes into the lump like how are you um. How does that get processed? So this is a bit of the continuation of the story. So in searching the world for, um, we honestly thought um, back when the char manufacturing plant closed that we were done as a manufacturer in Australia. So we were on the search for for something to replace, um, you know, the heat beads briquette. So uh, we did a couple of things. We were searching for um, briquettes to replace it and um, we found a, a great product in the um, in the heat beads um, charcoal um, coconut shell briquette. So in the blue bag, mm. that is a that is a great product. We're we're so proud and excited of that product. Great story because it's made from um, coconut shells, um, carbonized coconut shells. Totally renewable product. Um, so and. You know, using it honestly. You know, I can't tell the difference between using that product and using the original. It's, um, I think, it's fabulous. Um, so that led us to um, to also find this this great source of lump charcoal. We we'd done a we experimented a bit with lump charcoal in the past. Um, we'd never really been happy with the sort of quality of product, and um, uh, we found this product, which is, you know, people want to make what, what wood is it? So it's, it's Vitex hardwood from Indonesia. It's, um, certified by the Indonesian government as sustainable. Um, so we're, we're pretty happy with that. We've been out there, unfortunately, you know, we'd like to get out there a bit more, but travel's a bit difficult at the moment just to make sure that they're doing all the right things by the environment and by their people and all that sort of stuff. But, um, but honestly, what a fabulous product is, um, I use it. So um, I know at some point you're probably going to talk to me about my barbecues, um, but I've got a little, um, a couple of pizza ovens. So I've got a um, a big Garth, Garth one and I've got a, um, a Fornetto pizza oven. Oh, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, using the lump charcoal and that is, is great sort of when you can't get some... Um, uh, some wood to stoke it up with uh, the lumps fabulous and if you want something if you want to sear a steak best lump charcoal just fabulous so so another great product it's what i use an sca for uh, my steak cooks yeah. get the get the lump treatment yeah um, straight away and actually what i this will take us down a little bit of a different path because um I think it's probably the double-edged sword of having a briquette that that burns so long and so steady as the heat bead briquette does. It can be sometimes it can be slightly difficult to get lit, and um, so what I like to do actually when I run my Pro Q, I like to have my briquette base, but I'll use a chimney of lump to get it started because it's a little bit easier to get going. The lump yeah. it takes 
takes a little quicker and um and then i just use that as the heat source to get the briquettes going so yeah what are your top tips for getting getting briquettes lit oh get a get a chimney um uh some people are um a little bit reluctant to use fire lighters because of the smell but um if you're away from you if you want to keep it away from your food or anything like that just light them in a in a different area i don't have an issue with um the uh again the heat beats um fire lighters uh, are brilliant they light really quickly they give great heat so get a chimney of um heat beads lit up in sort of half an hour to 35 minutes um and i guess yeah this is probably my opportunity being that i'm on the i'm speaking now with the cfo of heat beads but um i do note that in australia you can buy the um heat beads chimney starter device very easily yes and uh in new zealand i don't think we have them at all oh, so no. maybe this could be a request for uh uh, a, a, an export opportunity for you to bring some of the chimney starters over to um, New Zealand. Speak to sales. It's amazing when you're talking <laughs> to people about the what they do to, you know, hair dryers and um, all sorts of stuff. I, I remember being in um, in Thailand. So even when you're in different countries, you love to see how they're cooking with solid fuel. So um, in Thailand, we were, there was a guy selling prawns on the side of the road and um, we rocked up and he hadn't quite got his fire sort of going full and he just pulled out this electric fan and sort of plugged it in and, and away he went down the bottom of the, the thing. So, you know, oxygen and, um, and and heat and away you go. So so the booster's great. The booster just sits on top of the chimney, blows hot air up, gets so where, where I said normally 30, 35 minutes, you'll get your chimney lit um 12 12 13 14 minutes to get a chimney lit with the booster uh it's great yeah i mean i've said we have seen a few of them over here in the flesh but uh not for sale and you know it's especially if you're in competition it's just getting stuff lit quickly like that's why i have a couple of blow torches that <laughs> sit under our chimneys to get them going you know nice and fast but um you know look i early on i heard a lot about um you know people just particularly in the midweek, on the weekend, you've got a bit more time, so you can take your time. You don't care if you're taking, you know, half an hour to, to light your beads. But on the weekend, if you're doing a steak or something like that, then um, you want it a bit quicker. But if you've got the booster, you know, by the time you put your beads on and, and get your booster on, you go in, prepare your steak, you know, prepare a bit of a salad, come back out. The beads are all ready. You're ready to go. So it, you, it's, it's perfect Absolutely. for a midweek cook as well. And yeah, you mentioned the the blue bag, the the coconut briquettes, and I actually think they're they're a little bit easier to light as well. I find I think they go up um, a little bit easier, and um, that's why I like them for the steaks as well in that midweek and that the, the quicker end of things. Yeah. Now I have seen, um, being the fiftieth year, that there's a special. Are we getting the special edition bag and packaging, the nineteen seventy packaging over in New Zealand, or is that just staying in Australia? Oh, I think as well, it might actually? just be staying in Australia. I'll um, I'll check with the marketing department, but uh, yeah, I think it's just a, a limited release um, at our our major retailers. So uh, <laughs> we might have to shoot you a couple of bags just to maybe yeah maybe we'll have to get some, a couple fired over and we can put them on the uh, I don't know when the, Facebook. I don't know when the first Facebook. bag of heat beads was sold in New Zealand. We might have a look at a some sort of birthday celebration there. That would be interesting to know. Like, I don't know actually when when that would have been either. Yeah. Um, yeah, we all find them as we come in. Now you talked about finding your way into barbecue and you know heat beads and you're going coming to this role obviously brought you into the charcoal world. So before that, I guess it was the 
the standard gasser and the sausages and the chicken and that kind of thing on the on a Saturday, feeling feeling like you cracked it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah I, I'm trying <laughs> to think. I know it's hard to think that far back, but um, yeah, I I can't remember um, cooking on solid fuel um, beyond sort of heat beads days. So it's uh, it's certainly an eye opener. I mean, the thing that gets me about um, uh, cooking with solid fuel is you know you take something as simple as as chicken wings, put a little bit of rub on it. Um, so what I do, I've got, uh, I mean, I've got several, even if it's just in the Weber, um, add a bit of smoke. Um, we've got, um, again, heat beads. We've come out with some fantastic um, uh, wood smoking chunks, um, apple, cherry, um, pecan, put a bit of apple chunk in with that. And, the, you know, you get people saying, my God, what have you done with these wings? They are unbelievable. And it's like just the, you know, dollar wings you get from from down the shop and there's just a bit of smoke added to it just changes the whole dynamics of it so you become a hero of the the backyard barbie for no hardly any effort at all i think that's why we all do it don't give the secret away malcolm that's, uh, <laughs> that's a, a closely guarded secret no, of, we want, of, every, of want everyone to be barbecuing <laughs> <laughs> so you talked a little bit there about the um uh the different flavors of, of wood chunks that you guys are running and i think in new zealand they they appear under a different brand for us but we do have um that but i don't think they're heat bead branded but i think they are under the charmate uh brand over here with the chunks so um just run us through wh- what you've got at the moment and any any new f- ones that you're looking at to bring out and and any reasons behind those um oh we're always trying to look at that new products, new innovations and things. Um, there's a lot of barbecuers out there with um, with pellet grills. So we're looking to see if we can find some. Again, we, um, we're, I suppose fastidious is the word. If, if we can't find uh, the products that's the best in the market or we think is the best in the market, we won't supply it. So, so pellets have been out there for a while. Pellet grills have been out there for a while, but we haven't found a product that we've found worthy of the heat beads name yet we um we think we're not too far away but um you know we're, we're always looking for these opportunities so as i said you know we, our brand is everything to us so you know we've um we're not going to put out a product there that's substandard well we've we've got to find um the quality that's absolutely you know the best well, I think there'd be quite a few. There'd be a lot of people over here who'd be very happy to see a heat beads pellet. I know that. <laughs> I, can, I can, I can just imagine how the social media would light up. <laughs> now, um, pellets, pellets are kind of interesting as well because they um, obviously made very differently, and and in in theory, a reasonable amount of sustainability and sustainability and charcoal. Not usually this, the first things you think of in terms of you know solid fuel sustainability, but I, I know that's really important to you guys and how you operate. So how, what, what I guess are your programs and the things that you're involved in to ensure that actually what we're doing and the hobby we all love and the food we love to eat is actually you know doing something good out there as well? Yeah, we do. We have. Um, um... Uh, an initiative sort of going um, within heatbees that we're sort of looking to see what the, the carbon footprint um, of everything we do. Um, uh, you know, we, we're probably at reasonably early stages of, of doing that. Um, but certainly if we're looking at new products, it has to be sustainable. Um, 
you know, it has to be uh, as well as environmentally friendly. We we also need to make sure that um, you know the uh, where it's being made, um, the people who are making it are all are well looked after. So all that sort of stuff. Um, we won't we won't sort of source any products without visiting there first uh, firsthand, seeing what's going on um, and that sort of stuff. So you know we we're, we're still um, we're still using some some mineral carbon, so obviously that's that's out of the ground. But uh, our, you know, I sort of think our percentage of of what um, what we're using the barbecue is is pretty minuscule. Um, but you know, if people really uh, want to get a sustainable, then you know the charcoal, charcoal, the um, coconut shell charcoal is a great option, and uh, and also the lump charcoal. Um, is, is sustainable as well. So we think we've got a pretty good message. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that, that would be the way forward. And I guess, um, you know, what, what then, in your opinion, makes a, a good charcoal versus a bad charcoal? Like how, do, how are people, apart from obviously picking the heat beads bag <laughs> up, yeah. but um, like what, what, what for you guys makes it a really great charcoal for barbecuing? Um, oh, I guess it's, uh, first of all, I think what sets our, our lump apart is just the, um, the size and the lack of fine, um, particles in there. So, um, you know, you, you get other bags of lump charcoal and, you know, a quarter of it might be just sort of almost powder or something like that. So I think that that's, um, that's a great benefit of our product. We think it burns really well. We think it gives great heat. You know, um, certainly it burns hotter and faster than our heat beads, but that's the idea. Um, you know, you want you want you want to get that heat through it. Uh, we've got um, there's a Facebook group here which has just started up uh, not that long ago, and now it's got about twenty thousand members, which is just based on the the Bunnings. Um, little uh jumbuck spit they call it the 85 oh yeah the rotisserie yeah I've, I've got one of those yeah um there's a whole there's a whole facebook group and um you know they're always talking about what fuel and and most of those guys because of that the way that's set up the the lump charcoal works really well in there but but many of the guys just use the the briquettes as the the base heat so you'll put your briquettes in there that'll just keep on going away for you know four or five hours and then you just whack some lump and, and top up a bit of lump just if you if you need some extra heat or, or something like that. So, um, you know, you need, going back to your, what are we looking for when we, we're looking for charcoal, you know, something that does that does what you want it to do. And I, I think, you know, heat beats charcoal does that. It, uh, it performs, it consistently performs um, and consistently you get the, the same the same product in each bag so yeah you you said there like with the lump it's true i mean some some bags of lump you can get and they'll be literally half ash or or tiny little bits um and that never happens with you guys so is there something that you're doing differently at the processing stage or the packaging stage or is it just the quality of the the material that's coming in that means it doesn't sort of fall apart what's the secret i think that? the the quality of the materials that are coming in the production process is is pretty strict strict guidelines so um the whole way through um you know the whole the transportation has to be right you know you don't want 
bags being flown around you know everywhere and and becoming rubble um so it's it's every step in the process needs to be managed uh which which again i think we do pretty well yeah absolutely absolutely okay let's um let's let's talk about you let's talk about your barbecues so you've mentioned weber already you've mentioned some pizza ovens what else is in the arsenal of, um, uh, of barbecues for you i think i got very excited early on with my um pit barrel that's probably the first one that got me into smoking um was it the and i kind of like the pit barrel because as a beginner i didn't have to worry about temperatures i just had to sort of get it lit and um chuck hang a bit of meat in there and uh and sort of away you go so and absolutely i think um someone dropped off a, a brisket at work one day and i just i had no idea it was my first brisket had no idea i just chucked it in the in the pit barrel and sort of let it go i had no idea how long to cook it for anything like that and uh, it came out and it was it's probably one of, one of the best briskets i've i've ever cooked <laughs> and i was just you know pure fluked it but um I just find uh, doing things like um, pork ribs because you can hang them vertically. You've got you can do a number of ribs and that sort of stuff. It's it's easy set and forget. Um, so I kind of um, uh, that was my go to for for quite a while. Um, I've now kind of um, I do struggle with brisket in the pit barrel ever since that day. Um, so it's a one and done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking for other options and. Um, I kind of, I've been looking around for a, a, another smoker, but um, I'm kind of happy with uh, with what my Weber can do at the moment. So I've got an off, offset plate in my Weber. And um, if anyone out there has just got, you know, wants to get into barbecuing for the first time, just get yourself a Weber. Don't worry about anything else. Even if you can find one in hard rubbish or, or whatever, don't, don't spend a whole heap of money. Just get yourself a Weber. But get an offset plate because it'll it'll change your world if you if you if you do that because you can do anything you can smoke in a smoker you can smoke in a Weber I I reckon so um, absolutely and then um, you know for the Weber I've got my rotisserie attachment I've got um, what else have I got uh, little um, uh, char grill plates with you know the the grill with the hole in the middle so you can sort of alternate things you can put in um, uh, the the wok the wok attachment in there I mean such a versatile bit of equipment you can you can cook virtually any um, anything on there so so number one you know and I'm not uh, you know uh, Weber and, and we have had our fights they they provide a different briquette but uh, but the basic Weber kettle is just a miracle. <laughs> It's a fantastically versatile piece of equipment and yeah. pretty much unchanged since the 60s in terms of design, yeah. or 50s rather. Yeah. Um, so, you know, good, 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 simple design to last the test of time, doesn't it? Yeah. Which I guess is the same for a, so, for a heat bee briquette yeah. from 1970. I, I get to play a bit. Uh, we've got a few things at work. Naturally, we like to, you know, keep abreast of, of what's what's going on. So we've got a, um, a big green egg that I like to play on at, um, at work. Uh Something about the the ceramic um, cooking, the, the the evenness of the ceramic cooking, I think lends itself to to chicken and roast chicken. So beer can chicken in the in the big green egg is sort of um, almost foolproof, I reckon. Um, so the other advantage of big green eggs, I always think, is that 
they're probably the most attractive barbecue out there mm. and the easiest to get past uh, the the ones that hold the purse strings. I don't think my wife's too enamored with all the big black metal barbecues that I have, but um, I think she'd be much more happy if I had a nice green ceramic one. She might let that one sit on the deck instead of being stashed around the side of the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously we've we're trying uh, having a look at the pallet grills, um, so having a bit of play around with that. Um, it's um, you know I know opinions are a bit divided, but uh, for for convenience and um, and ease of use, it's it's certainly hard to beat. Um, but it sort of feels like you you're taking the control out of. Um, out of a bit of the skill out of the barbecue's hand, so I just like the feel of and 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 the I don't know the um, is it the sort of the majesty on cooking on on live coals and that sort of stuff rather than it be hidden in the in the apparatus. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I think if you let's go back to you know the the whole thing of you just want to be just want to be a hero if that's with a dollar wing on a pellet grill then hey if that makes you a hero to your friends and family then that that's the way forward and if that's you know the easiest way then that's the easiest way so you know obviously uh, briskets on the on the PVC aren't really in the repertoire anymore but what's and you mentioned chicken wings. What's your favourite thing to cook? Uh, at the moment, my absolute favourite, and this is a new one, is um, I've been doing uh, lamb shanks. So um, Costco over here have, uh, I think they must be mutton shanks because they are huge lamb shanks. So um, uh, and uh, so just uh, there's there's some pretty good lamb rubs around. Um, uh, I'm not sure what what you've got over there, but there's a, there's a number of and they're really good. Um, give great flavour to lamb. It's um, the lamb rubs are quite different to any of the other rubs. They've just got that um, uh, there's a tree bark flavour and a few other things in there. Tree bark, yeah, just tree bark. And we've uh, we've I know a couple of places over here have just started getting a lot of the four monkeys four monkeys range. Is, yeah. We already have, yeah. We have barbecue mafia and all that kind of stuff over here as yeah. well. So Mary had a little lamb and all that kind of thing. So sprinkle, sprinkle, you know, generous amount of um, of the lamb rub, and I just um, use it in the in the Weber on the offset plate. Um, cook them for a couple of hours until you get a nice colour on them. I then um, wrap them up with um, with butter in foil, and for another another you know couple of hours. And it's like um, it's like you've got your own individual lamb roast. They are just just magnificent. Um, bit of gravy and uh, you know some roast buds and that sort of stuff. Um, beautiful flavors. And and it's like you know if it's on the it it will you know it's it's pretty forgiving. It's one of the cuts of meat you know pretty forgiving that uh, if you overcook it a bit, it's still great. Falls off the bone. The flavor is magnificent. So. Um, uh, I, that's my that's my sort of uh, go to at the moment. Just so easy to do. We're back to the heat beads and um, promotion, and obviously within the competition scene, lots of teams associated with heat beads in Australia, and and we certainly um, have a very good representation over here. Um, lots of people proudly flying the heat beads banner. But the one person I wanted to talk about a little bit 
was uh, Boomer. <laughs> yes. Um, Boomer Bromwich, yes. who is, I think, carving himself out, being one of those people who carves himself out a really good little niche and he's getting very popular over here as well. So how did the relationship with Boomer start and um, what's that got in the, in the pipeline for us to enjoy? Um, I'm not, I think probably, um, you know, again, it's, it's, I'm not all that close to the, the um, marketing and the teams, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that Boomer was just um, uh, in, in the teams and, and certainly, um, as we got involved with some of the, the barbecue competitions and sponsoring some events and that sort of stuff, um, you couldn't help but notice Boomer and um, and sort of his involvement uh, in all that. So um, so it's just a natural, I suppose, progression to sort of um, do a few things and, and we've made a few videos um, with him and that sort of stuff. So um, we've got... Uh, um, and uh, I haven't got all the details, but I know we're launching a, um, a heat beads app. So um, I think we've got a few of Boomer's videos uh, included in there as well. So all that sort of stuff um, is going really good. Uh, so it's it's a great um, everyone everyone looks for recipes or or that sort of stuff, and it's just a, a good go to. I know from from my point of view, every if I'm doing the a turkey. Um, at Christmas, I, I go to the Heat Beads website because there's a fantastic. I, it's probably 20 years old that the Heat Beads video, but I watch it every year because it just just reminds me of all the steps I've got to go through to do it. So uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure some of those Boomer videos that we'll be looking at in 20 years going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, oh, I'm sure I'm sure we will old, be. That's the old classic of uh, of what he's doing. So. <laughs> reviewing reviewing him no he's he's great those videos are great and that's a good tip for people to go and check out the heat beads website and um, get some of those uh get some of those recipes going well malcolm it's been great talking to you and thank you for so much for stopping by making the time and uh coming on to barbecue base with us i'm i'm sure that uh a lot of our listeners out there were be really interested to hear about the the charcoal they love because um I think still like Australia, if you spend any time on our barbecue social media pages, you'll see the the heat bead lovers come out very quickly to support the product, which is great. You know, it gets great reviews over here, and obviously, I'm I'm associated with you guys through the competition scene as well, and we only choose the best. So, I will um, um, I will say, you know, a lot of people think um, of of heat beads of being this big um, corporate entity because we're sort of the number one brand and. And people like to sometimes have a go at the tall poppy, but uh, we're a small Aussie company. There's only thirty, you know, less than thirty of us in the company. We're 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 pretty small, and we're trying to deal with the the big, all the big guys. You know, we're trying to sell into Woolly, Woolworths and Coles and Bunnings, and um, you know, the the might of those organisations against uh, little us. We we stand up pretty well, but um, you know, we are proud um proud aussie made proud aussie owned product um you know we we love sharing it with uh with our new zealand brothers as well um so um you know when we see negative comments in in social media it does it, i mean we we live and breathe this stuff so you know um we want to know what we can do better if someone's had a bad experience with our fuel then it it really 
you know, irks us. And we want to make sure that everyone using the, the Heat B product has a great experience. They don't have to worry about it's going to do the job. All they have to worry about is, you know, getting out there and, and doing a great cook. So that's all we want. Well, I think that's a great attitude for any company to have. And uh, I'd probably hazard a guess that you're, you'd be one of our favourite Australians. <laughs> uh, you know, we have, I think we have a friendly, a friendly like a big brother, little brother a relationship between New Zealand and, and Australia. And it's not often that we take a, an Australian company as close to our heart, I think, as we've, we've done with Heatbeats. So th- thank you for that. And thank you for continuing to, to send over such great products. So Pleasure. thank you very much again for making the time to come onto Barbecue Base. And um, we look forward to keeping those fires lit and, and the beads burning. So thank you, Malcolm. Thanks, Alex. Cheers. Well, we hope you enjoyed that. And thanks again, Malcolm, for joining us on Barbecue Base. Now, heat beads always bring steady and consistent heat to us when we're barbecuing. But the fire dragon chilies dragon's fury, well, that brings a raging inferno of heat with a bang and then very consistently. And if I'm talking about the fire dragon chilies dragon's fury, then it can mean only one thing. It's time for 10 burning questions. The moment has arrived, PJ. The moment you've been waiting for for the last few days, ever since you agreed to do this. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so, PJ, Philippa Stiebel from Joint Smokers Barbecue Team, the chicken queen of the, of the team, Unfortunately, apparently. You, you are That's the, the rumour. The chicken queen. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's go. How are you feeling about uh, it? It's, it's going to suck, but it'll be all right. It's a standard... <laughs> Yeah. What I've worked out is that it's a standard like reality show competition thing to always ask people how they're feeling about something before they do it. So that it draws out the anticipation (laughs) and allows the fear to build up even more in the contestants. So are you feeling good? Yeah, there's a impending doom. Okay, a little cheers then. We've all got the dragon spirit. Philippus is a little smaller than mine and Miles, which I'm not too happy about, but here we go. We've also, oh God, we've brought in a new rule. Well, it should have been a rule all the time. Hold on. Why am I speaking when I've still got this stuff in mm. my mouth? I should be trying to get it out of my mouth. Okay, so we brought in a rule. Out. Oh, which is That's horrible. Normally, we're a bit lax and we let each other have a little sip of beer or, or something at some point. We've decided that's a bit wussy. So there's no drinks until we finish the 10 burning questions this time, okay? Uh-huh. And then you can go for your life. Much to Philippa's disappointment. Mm. Is that <clears throat> Changing the rules. Thanks. How's that treating you? Is it starting to build? You're getting a bit of... A little bit. It's actually okay. No, don't say that. because no, this is <laughs> A, it's audio, so you've got to tell the people. And, Just um, give me 30 seconds. <laughs> B, I want this to be nice and painful for you. Uh, yeah. So... Philippa Seibel. Yeah. Here come your 10 burning questions. Mm. Oh. oh, God. I forget it all builds. the time. It, it does. It take- <laughs> it's all my time. Let's go. <clears throat> What's your favourite type of barbecue to cook on and why? Favourite barbecue to cook on? It's definitely probably going to be the pit barrel. Oh, um, good choice. I had, had one for about two years. 
I just love that you can sit and forget and kind of leave it alone, but it has a type of flavour that you kind of don't get from any other kind of other barbecues we have. So, yeah, definitely the pit barrel. Yeah. We don't do use it. Do we don't use it in comp. On? What do you guys cook on it generally? Everything. Um, everything. Right. Briskets everything. as well. Briskets. Yeah, okay. we've done done everything. Hang a lot, um, and also just use the grate. Um, just waiting on um, director sort us out with a turkey hanger because every year we do a turkey for um. I've got a turkey hanger. I've got one. Oh, you should have seen. Yeah. I, could, I could have lent it to you. But yeah, so we'll do two turkeys. We always do one Thanksgiving. So having some mates around for Thanksgiving, we always cook a turkey and then one for Christmas as well. So. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So mate, um, what's your favourite cut of meat to cook and eat and why? It's definitely got to be a Scotch steak. Hey, yeah. hot and fast. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, just can't really beat it for flavour and just convenience and it's awesome. And in terms of low and slow, probably a short rib, to be honest. Can't yeah. really go past the nice yeah. toothy looking It's probably the most common... Rib. Common protein, I reckon, short ribs, yep. eh? I, I'd say so. I do love a good short rib myself. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's got a bit hot, isn't it? <laughs> I took my cap off. I don't know why tonight I decided that we should bring in this new rule about no, no drinks. No drinking. Mm. Right. Like picture of you. Oh, fucking ruined, mate. <laughs> we'll put... We'll put this picture up later on the uh, Barbecue Base uh, Facebook page. If you want to look at. <laughs> That's a great pick. Okay, so you... So, and, and I think it is important to know that we do do this properly... <sighs> And it is really painful each time we do it. And it's also important to note that tonight, as most of you know, our studio is at Casa de Nol. And Leon, his son, often joins us. He's got a bit of a, a stomach problem at the moment. So he's very annoyed that we've not let him do the challenge tonight. Because normally <laughs> he likes to do the challenge and to stare right at me, right into my soul. <laughs> and watch me be destroyed internally while he has a ice mask yeah. on his face and he drives me mental. But anyway, he's on the couch tonight, so he's he's not part of this. So sorry, Leon, next time, buddy. Um, Philippa, what's your biggest fail to date apart from coming on tonight and uh, enjoying yeah, this with us? Yeah, a definite fail. Um, <laughs> definitely a doorstop brisket, probably. I think we've done two. Um, one was on a weather and the other was on another pit. This is and, early on, obviously. Yeah. I know, and then a couple of weeks ago, we played around with some phosphates, and we chucked them into a brisket, and it just literally turned to dog food. It was Ooh. probably the, one of the worst cooks we've ever done. Probed amazingly. Straight, <laughs> straight phosphates. Uh, it was phosphates with a mix of an injection. We were just mucking around just to kind of see what would happen, but yeah, way too far. Learned yeah. some big lessons, but it was kind yeah. of from one end to the other. That's what they say, isn't it, with the injections and concentrations? Mm. Less is more, eh? Yeah, yeah. you got you got to be careful. Yeah, so yeah. that was a couple of hundred bucks waste, but never yeah. mind. Awesome, mate. So fat side up or fat side down for brisket? Fat side down. Yeah. Um, fat side down in the pit barrel, fat side down in our um, amazing joint smokers pit that you guys have probably yep, seen yep. around. But, That's um, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing piece so of kit. So down on the offset as well? Yeah, we do. Okay. Right. Um, give it a really hard trim as well. Yep. But um, yeah, generally fat side down. I'm usually fat side down. It doesn't matter which way I lay, whether I'm on my back or on my stomach. Yeah. It's normally fat side down, isn't it? <laughs> Winning both ways, winning both ways. So there you go. Um, okay, I, I, I'm hoping some good things because you, uh, you know, you have some some foreign heritage here. Mm. Um, strangest yeah. thing you've ever eaten? Cast your mind. Strangest thing I've ever eaten. Um, I, we went to Japan once, and I really wanted to try the chicken sashimi, but we were leaving on a plane a day after that, and my partner Chris was like, absolutely fucking not. So we gave that a pass. But the, probably the strangest thing I've ever eaten would be warthog, okay. um, yeah, which yeah. was in Africa. What's um, that like? Is that like pork or a bit more beefy? It's very gamey. 
um, right. and a little bit stringy, and it was it was just kind of an, an, on a kind of skewer. You're selling kind of it. Thing. You're really selling it to but us it, here. It gamey, really so gamey like a and whole, stringy. A whole, a whole yeah, whole yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, probably the strangest thing I've eaten. Yeah. It, was, yeah, it wasn't yeah. bad. I wouldn't complain about it, but yeah, I would probably. We've not had warthog on this show yet, no. have we? No, no, that's no, the that's first. Yeah. I tell you, the chicken sashimi. Apparently, there's no salmonella. Yeah. In Japanese chickens. Oh. And that's why they can do the chicken sashimi. Yeah, so, I was real um, keen. I was totally up for it. but apparently no. I, I have, I've not done it. I did go to Japan last year. I was lucky to go to Japan. I did eat um, blowfish, the old... Oh, yeah. Which was a nervy moment when you put that in your mouth. And you're just like, well, that looking around the table. You, right? yeah. yeah. But it's not prepared properly, uh. so... Uh, yeah, and there was a table of us, and all of us did it at the same time, and everybody looked at everybody else as we ate it, just in case, <laughs> waiting for the first one to fall backwards. But nobody did. But... Um, Apparently, I was from somebody who has eaten the chicken sashimi. They said it's got, it's fine. It's just got a horrible texture. Taste, yeah. I was just about to say, I think I would struggle with the texture. I don't think it tastes like much either. It would no. just kind of a problem. It wouldn't be salty or anything. Yeah. It would just kind of be a bit no. spongy. Yeah. Not so, for the faint-hearted. So, you know. <laughs> so, mate, best barbecue that you've ever eaten that's not yours? Hmm. You can be professional. It yeah, could, it could be, be professional. Um, be pers- yeah, be personal. personal. It could yeah. be here, overseas, wherever you like. Oh my god, I'm still like burning here. And I, almost, I reached my drink there. Oh, and I, I just want, remembered. Like, I want uh, my drink. I the, want my drink uh, very soon. The Melvilles have cooked an amazing pork belly. I'd have to say yes. with their oh, um, the chili the caramel at yeah. the um, at, launch. Oh, I've had it a few times and yeah. absolutely off the chain. Probably in terms of barbecue. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, I've had a, a couple of um, lamb ribs from a couple of different people, actually, but um, I'm really underrated, I reckon, the old mm. lamb rib, so keen to get a, into a bit more of that. I so, love a lamb rib. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so, who did you learn most from starting out? <laughs> Probably Matt Melville, which is a real shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually turned up to I think probably the one of one of the first and only kind of master classes that I ever did, and yeah. he and I that that was actually when I first did that um, Reaper challenge. Was he thought I was a bit of a smartass, so he thought that'd be a good idea. But yeah, turn up to one of his classes. But honestly, like going to comp and like you were saying, just kind of getting into it, you learn a little bit from everybody. Um, but yeah, definitely Trace and Matt have really helped out as we've kind of gone along he yeah. i mean you know we we, we know maddie from for this show he was on our first ever episode That's right. and um yeah he's a larger than life character and he's always got a story and he always he always comes across as that kind of very uh gregarious and sort of jokey guy man of the people man yeah. of the people but behind all of that is a very very serious cook there yeah like, oh, he has got an incredible Chops, amount yeah. of mm. info in that head just flavors mate you know i mean you can't make rubs and sauces like that without knowing flavors and what to do with them you know so he's um yeah he's pretty impressive but yeah. i couldn't make any rubble sauce right now because i've got no <laughs> taste buds left <laughs> at all <laughs> We're almost so, there. Let's go. Let's right. go. So, mate, low and slow or hot and fast for you? Uh, I definitely really enjoy low and slow. I think, I, but I enjoy the camaraderie of it and the people, and I think that's kind of why we we all, as as a team, kind of got into conferences. I like that you said that because so many people will say hot and fast on this show, and I'm a bit of a purist. I like the sort of lower yeah. and slower, and so I'm pleased that you're saying. And I think, like, don't say hot and fast. No, now. I think that it's. Um, 
there's there's a real art to it like i think that's one of the things that you know you kind of learn is that everyone will t- tell you exactly how they do it what rub they use what sauce they use but to replicate that is something completely different mm. so yeah definitely low and slow but mainly for the people and the good times to be yeah. honest yeah 100 yeah. percent agree yeah. excellent right now you're not allowed to say uh either of us but probably more you're not allowed <laughs> not allowed to say the man over from me but um who is the biggest legend in New Zealand barbecue? And it's we, we had to put a limit on this, so it's one person. Because everybody basically reeled off 20 people. We want a, one person. The biggest legend in barbecue for me was Caleb, 100%. Mm. Um, just Good an amazing course. guy, um, big heart and phenomenal cook. Um, and then if I had to pick another, the biggest legend in barbecue. Well, no, we said one. One? <laughs> one. I was actually going to say um, Tracy. I think that, yeah, 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 I think she's she just kind of keeps it real low key, but she's always there. She's a she she's is a the glue. silent genius. Um, I think everyone knows she does the real work, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're not about Sorry, to rely Matt, on, on Matt and Ryan to keep the yeah, whole thing. Well, no. Those who would be face no. down in a paddock yeah. somewhere, <laughs> by, you know, if we, left to their own devices. We need to hang out with some really cool people, but I actually think the chicks and barbecue are pretty cool people. Oh, God, yeah. And we um, need Charlie's more. Charlie's amazing as we well. We need more. We, yeah, we, do. we absolutely need more. There's some great people, and I think just even just to, to keep the rest of us a little bit yeah. less full of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, mate, um, top tip for a newbie barbecue, either home cook or comp you know whichever way you want to go but what would your top tip be um wrap your meat <laughs> don't think you can do it without wrapping it it just makes it a lot easier a lot more pa- like you can be a bit more patient with it yeah, yeah. i think everyone seems, seems to be a little bit scared i think when they're starting out to wrap something in tin foil and yeah. maybe it doesn't feel kind of legit but yeah that's probably the the one thing i and chuck a whole lot of liquid in there yeah don't be afraid Texas of that crutch yeah can't beat it yeah 100 percent Right. Well, there we go. So, guys, we, drink? Can, we can have a yeah. <laughs> cheers. Thank you. We well, can man. have a drink mm. now, which you is survived. much needed. <laughs> Terrible radio, of course, listening to or podcasting, listening yeah, to three people guzzle some yeah. drinks. But, but I tell you, when you see that picture that Noel's going to put up later, or he might have even put it up by the time um, that Roll you get in. your lug holes around this, you'll see why we needed that drink because it's pretty disgusting. Um, it's a beautiful sauce, of course, but the experience of eating it neat the is... left hand side of my tongue agrees. Struggles. <laughs> so, Philippa, thanks for joining us. Now, look, tell us where they can find you online, in yeah. person if you want. Yeah, we're online on the is fine. Facebook, um, Joint Smokers Barbecue, Instagram, Joint Smokers Barbecue. Um, but come find us at comps. We're pretty hard to miss. Yeah. Come say hi. We'd... Look for the pink. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Look pink for the one floral. of the friendliest teams on the circuit. Floral. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to be honest, if you find the joint smokers, you're likely to find either me or Noel or Matt Melville. Or <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a, a magnet zone, their tent, I seem to find, that normally end up there having a couple of Maybe it's because our music is really quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. So look, guys, um, we are, what are we now? We're mid to late November 2020. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, hello, great, we've made it. Um, <laughs> it's been a funny old year. We've got two episodes left and we've got some great plans for those. So keep keep subscribed, keep um, keep keep listening and keep looking out for it because 
Um, I'm pretty excited. We're going to do a bit of an end of year one, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. We're going to get some of our favourite people back on the show and uh, have a bit of fun. And we're going to do a great one in a couple of weeks uh, or next week, I believe. Um, we need to to get one out for you as well before that. So once again, thanks to Malcolm um, from Heatbeads for joining us. Malcolm Pearson, that was an awesome chat. Thanks, Philippa, for joining us. Thanks for having me. If you want to find us on social media, it's Barbecue Base on Facebook. If you want to find Noel, Meat Mafia Collective on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, check out his videos on TikTok. And also YouTube. And YouTube. <laughs> He's everywhere. You, you always forget that. You can't get away from him. that up. You can't get away from this man. Uh, and if you get really, really desperate, you can find me at Burnt Beginnings Barbecue on Facebook and Insta. Um, come along, give me a like, because I probably need them more than anybody else around this table. <laughs> um, so look, just remember, guys, please subscribe, rate, review, like us. Maybe maybe, um, maybe at the Christmas special, let's read some of our reviews. So you've got, you've got a few weeks, people. Give us some reviews on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook. You can come and review us on Facebook. Drop us some reviews. We'll read the best ones. You can be as harsh or as kind as you like. So, you know... Let us let us know what you're thinking, and, and we'll read out the best we might ones. Might even give something away for the maybe best we could review, do a, eh? Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll do, do a giveaway. Maybe do a giveaway. Let's do that. So, um, you know, get along and and get involved, guys. But uh, other than that, stay safe out there and um, enjoy what's the start of the New Zealand summer, and hopefully things are improving where you are around the world. And thanks again for listening to Barbecue Base. It's Philippa here from Joint Smokers Barbecue. Welcome to Barbecue Base. Do me one where it says, instead of welcome to, Mm. it's you're listening to. Hi, it's Philippa here from Joint Smokers Barbecue. Welcome to Barbecue Base. (laughs) Do me one where instead of welcome to, it's you're listening to. Oh, you're listening to. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. I haven't done the studio in a while. (laughs) You should have seen how many times Michael Cook fucked it up. (laughs) 